Yep. Black Bob. Yep. Yep. On the backs of a million They died for our lives before we were children Some of us, we trying to make us a billion On real estate, fancy cars and them buildings I'm trying to build foundations like a seminole And stop the wars where they looking for the mineral I ain't really heard no truth in a minute, bro And watch the rappers, they salute to they general They talk shit when I holler about freedom It's been a long All right, time, I want to welcome everybody to the South Congress Podcast Fan by Fan Show I am Cameron. I'm joined by Travis. Travis, how's it going, man? What's happening, Cam? I'm doing all right, man. Um, let's uh, let's make Josh happy right here from the jump because we know he's going to listen to the first two minutes, man. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to uh, since our last show? Uh, reading comics and watching Game of Thrones and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Really... No, and we're we're gonna talk about you reading comics in a second because yeah. I have a I have a bone to pick and I feel like I have somebody who's gonna help me pick it. Man. Um, but no, I mean on this end it's been you know pretty much the same. It's been it's been work and exercise and you know our um our second annual Fourth of July weekend boat party is this weekend. So me and uh me the young lady and fifty of our closest friends and family out on Lake Travis. A uh, hundred degrees it's gonna be this weekend. Um. We we've done most of the prep. Got a got a house full of liquor. We have to um, look, and everybody's paid, so that's a good thing. Everybody's finally paid. The last few people paid today, so um, you know we started planning this what New Year's Day. We started ago. planning this, yeah, and, and you know, so people finally got their act together. So that should be a good time. Um, got some family in town already. Got more family coming in town tomorrow. Friends coming in tomorrow. So I, I'm excited for a good weekend. You know, if for any reason this should happen to be our last show because I don't quite make it it's been real so so yeah so no um you know about you reading comics Travis I, I definitely have a bone to Man, pick go pick your bone and, okay and I, and I think you know I'm not going to pick it alone though um you know last week we did have uh we had, we had Danny on mm-hmm. who was I think a great guest um, oh, our yeah, first guest on any of the shows we did um and, and of course the strongest feedback I got was from a buddy of ours who said hey when you have a nice sounding young lady on on your show, tell her don't say she's married. She's ruining the effect. I said, come on, <laughs> come on. But no, um, I, I know she's a, listening. She's got, got a point. Yeah. yeah. No, Danny, we appreciate you. Um, you know your knowledge of the show, your opinions on the show, and um, you know probably the strongest thing that came out of that, we're getting a season two. So her biggest gripe about hey, just get on the road. They're gonna get on the road eventually. Um, that's gonna happen. So. Yeah, slight, slight applause for us getting to season two. Um, and we've talked about it. We we both really enjoy the show. Um, we like the characters. I'm I'm a big fan of the world that is Anvil, and you know we're we're getting to have experience it at least one more time. Renewed for 13 episodes yep. next season. Extended episodes, um, which is more like a kind of regular cable, you know, series yeah. uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And, and again, hopefully it's next summer, so it doesn't, you know, so, so we don't have to do that in Flash, you know, double time. That would be kind of difficult. <laughs> if anything, it would be the next, if it's not next summer, it would be next fall, fall 2017. Yeah. yeah, it would take some time off from that. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's a good thing. Um, I like when things that I like keep going, so it should be good. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we had our first guest last week. Um, probably you know one of the first guests that that I hoped we had that we talked about, and you, of course, have access to um, because you're always in the know. We have, and let me make sure I get this right the first time. We have Pro Wrestling Torch senior columnist Bruce Mitchell. Bruce, how's it going? I just want to point out first that I'm not married. <laughs> Great to know. So, so, so that's set. It's perfect. Um, so, no, I, it's funny. I talked a little bit about. Um, I talked a little bit to Bruce before we got in the air about how big of a fan I am of his writing and and his podcast. And I'm not going to get into that here because you know why gush all over again. But um, probably uh, the biggest thing we want to talk about. Um, the three guests that we had at first, and actually four now, are really big fans of the source material. Bruce, can you give everybody kind of a feel for um, your experience with Preacher? Yeah, um, I'm a longtime comic book fan, actually going back to the Batman t- television show back in the 60s, and really got into comics more as a young teenager. So I'm just saying that. It's like I, I'm one of those guys that goes every Wednesday to the comic book shop no matter what and, and um, spends way too much money on stuff. And, and you know Travis is getting into it now too. But Preacher was a book from the Vertigo um, line, which is an offshoot of DC Comics, which was more – for creator, creator own works, which this is, and um, and also more esoteric, more adult type, more um, you know stronger material. And as you, you know, as you've watched the show, you know there's a lot of strong material in Preacher. But Preacher is um, Preacher was conceived, and and really the whole series was done by Garth Ennis, who's a Scottish writer. He's one of my favorite writers, and, and um, he had done good work before, but this is his signature work. And I started reading it from the first issue. And this stuff, they have gotten me um, 70, and it's a self-contained, well, almost self-contained, but self-contained universe, 70 issues worth, the same writer, the same artist, and the artist Steve Dillon, who, is, who um, also is um, from the United Kingdom, who is a really clear storyteller, really fits this material really well. I mean, just just draws everything. You can see it, it. It's logical. It comes right through and has a great kind of feel to it, too. And as it does – and you have to have um, – particularly for Preacher, I think, with the, the way the characters are and what happens to them. Um, Lord, what happens to them? Um, you have to have a lot of – you have to have some, an artist that can really draw great facial expressions, and, and Dylan is, is tremendous at this. So you had Preacher – and the Preacher started taking off of Vertigo. It, it really um, started selling because there's so much sex. There's so much violence. There's so much um, sacrilegious material that how could it not sell? And um, so it's really it's really interesting. I mean, it's really, it was really a great book, and I was along for the whole ride. I bought – all the individual issues, and then when the trade paperbacks started coming out, I'd buy them by trade paperbacks. Then I actually did trade in my trade paperbacks because now I have um, I have them in hardback. I have hardback collections of them, so that's what I'll keep. But again, since the since the show is on, now they have a new set of trade paperbacks. But um, it's Garth Ennis. One of the themes that he writes about. He's a guy that hates superheroes. And so he'll even write stories about just he, he wrote he wrote a book called 
the Punisher kills the Marvel Universe, which was basically just the Punisher going around and killing and shooting everybody, <laughs> yeah, and shooting everybody in really creative, like violent ways, and just showing his contempt for um, for this. He had a he had a um, he had a series for DC called Hitman, and the first issue was Hitman goes into Arkham Asylum, and he's a he's a hitman in Gotham City, and he has an assignment, so he goes into Gotham. He goes into Arkham Asylum, finds the Joker, and shoots him in the legs. Like, shoots him one leg at a time just because he's getting revenge or something. So it's like he's he did a, he did a book, a, a, another Punisher book, where he ended up um, – because he thought Wolverine and a lot of these characters are very silly, which, of course, they are. Um, and Rant, you know, Wolverine has the, the um, healing factor where you can blow him up and cut his arms off and all that. He's just going to grow back. So he had the Punisher run him over with a with a um, steamroller, and just flatten him out like a cartoon. So I mean, it's, it's, you know, the guy <laughs> the guy can be really rude, really um, you know. And I suggested this. I, I don't. The scene has not come up, and I don't know that it will come up. But I suggested the name of your podcast be How to Park a Bicycle because there are scenes in um, the the source material. There's scenes in the seventy issues of the Preacher comic that. Are just you just sit there and laugh out loud at the audacity of them, and the, yeah. um, and he's always one of his themes has always been um, he's very skeptical about religion and very skeptical about, and clearly had some experience with the Catholic Church um, mm. and is very skeptical about it. But also there's a little there's some heart in it. There's some really I mean it's the the, the characters are really well fleshed out. Sometimes Jesse Custer gets a little bit too. Um, too, big good, for his britches? Yeah, big for his britches are too good to be true. But um, a lot about men and women relationships. He always writes strong women characters. And then just some of his villains. Um, I know they've shown Star just for a moment. But, yeah, for a split second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a split second. And I'm just like, get to Star. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah. for me, he was the best. He was, I mean, he was a villain, but he was the best character in the whole series and a lot of the series in a, in a like really twisted perverted way is about faith. So you see the villains even like have crisis of faith and what it is they believe in, but I mean, it just in a bizarre way. So, um, yeah, the, the approach to this show has been really, is really interesting, but, but you know, I, I don't know how, I, I think it's been 10 years since the preacher series stopped and there were some ancillary, um, mini series that went with it that were drawn by other people besides Steve Dillon. But, um, it's it's really interesting how how Seth Rogen and, and them have put everything together. I know Ennis, I think, would be complaining really loudly, and he, I haven't. I've heard that. I mean, what I've read that he was happy with what was going on, but you know, this was something that was going to be on HBO, and then it fell off, and then it was going to be a it was going to be a movie. And I always thought a movie would be terrible for it. I, I thought, yeah, hell, you know, you got this has got to be a several season miniseries this has got to be a breaking bad or justified or shield or um you know sopranos or something like that where you go through all because there's just so much good material here and the journey is such a cool journey that um that you know so i'm i'm happy to i'm happy that it finally came i like the casting and but i have some bones to pick about some of it so it's just it's, yeah. it's interesting with that and it's funny, when we spoke to uh, our guest last week, you know, her thing was also get to star. Like, I'm super excited about seeing him. Um, and, you know, I was telling Travis, um, you know, because Travis is skeptical about everything. Like, you can't tell him anything. So my thing was, hey, we should do Preacher. Hey, we should do Preacher. He's like, I don't know anything about it. And I'm like, no, it's it's heavy in in violence, but it's, but it's really heavy in religion. And, you know, when you tell Travis religion, he starts grumbling again. But what I told him was... The way I've always interpreted the series, it's literally man chasing God, um, both literally and figuratively. 
because that's what a lot of these characters and different forces are trying to do in their search of Jesse and also Jesse and Tulips and Cassidy's search literally of God. And I just thought that, um, you know, the way this deals with with religion and the way people respond to, um, you know, to God himself is really interesting. And I thought Travis would really enjoy that. Um, one of my favorite series, like from Vertigo, is Lucifer. I think it's just great. And I'm not oh, even I am a super a big fan. Of, I'm a huge yeah. fan of that series. I have the whole collection. I, yeah, that's yeah. I have, I, as a matter of fact, I have all the other, trades, as a yeah, matter of fact. Exactly. That's my other that's my other series. I mean, I read all of Sandman and I thought the best character in Sandman was Lucifer, but I just thought Lucifer yeah. was really smart and really well done. And when you talk about, um, like, like you said, facial expressions and just actual violence, I thought like that book did such a good job of that. And yeah, he's a fascinating character, the way he's able to manipulate things around him. It's, um, it, my favorite thing ever because like, it, I think it's the only series out of everything. I was like, I have all the trades stacked in a big box, um, so yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely on the same page there. Um, now let me ask you, because it's something that was brought up last week. Um, I know you have certain bones to pick with the series. How do you feel about Anvil as a character, as opposed to us already being on the road on a journey? Right, what do you think about that? I, I think they need to get out of Anvil. Okay, <laughs> really surprised at that. I just like you know Anvil in in the book. Anvil very spectacularly. They get out, you know, it's gone. It's, yeah, <laughs> has to get the hell out of town, and uh-huh. then you start coming back to the family that he's from, and 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 all the implications of that family. And that's a, you know that's a part, of it and things like legacy, and um, particularly legacy and religion, and 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 all that. And, and when this, when we're talking about these in these general terms, it's much dirtier. And vi- more violent and more vulgar than what we're talking about, but it is kind of the, the the central themes behind it. What actually happens? But yeah, I'm just like get on the road, and then I was really shocked and surprised. And I still don't know how I feel about it altogether. That we got Cassidy so quick, that we got Tulip so quick, right away, so, you know, yeah. right away, and then kind of they're in town, and I'm like, you know, you know, and 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 part of it was. Jesse Custer immediately in the books um, immediately has this, and for good reason, you know, a crisis of faith and is not a preacher anymore. You know, it's like you kind of like you see you see how, and it's the same in the the television series, how he's kind of a half-assed preacher. But then he's more of a bad, you know, he's really a badass and he gets back to being a badass, which a lot of movies are like, you know, a lot of like, you know, don't push me. I'm trying to be a man of peace. And then, you know, Kung Fu was like that in the 70s. You know, it's like you put, you know, you, you pushed him and, um, you know, he was a man of peace. And then there was, you know, two you fights. You killed his master or something. Yeah, you killed his master. You did something too far. And then he's got to get, you know, he's got to get you back. And, uh, you know, virtually every Clint Eastwood movie's like that. So, um. So yeah, but yeah, I'm kind of um, I'm kind of surprised, and then I'm kind of surprised to see um, the meat packing so quickly too. That that just kind of uh, Travis's favorite company in the world. Yeah, Travis, oh, trying too. to explain they're to not, Travis the, the, meat the meat and power pack. company. Yeah, <laughs> the meat and power company. Power. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, there's literally a movie on Netflix right now starring Gerard Butler called Machine Gun Preacher. So no, there. No, they're, they're taking it even further. Well, it's, thought, it's not thought, good, because, don't you? You know, um, you know, Travis. In my time knowing him, Travis is like, you know, complaining about you know, is a heathen who like complains about religion because that it right at like the surface, the, the ignorant 
bigots who you know use religion at the at the worst le- at the most ignorant level. He thinks that's all yeah. it is. So and it's like. You're kidding me. So it's like the I mean, total opposite. The, it's like, the, the, like I don't read all three in the mystic books, and I don't go deeper. Get out yeah. of here. You, you, you but I mean, but, but no, he was. You saw him yelling at his friends I on thought, Facebook like like a week ago. <laughs> we know what Travis does. Yeah. So I really thought um I thought preacher because preacher is just I mean. I'm really interested if some of the scenes make the television show, even in today's society, because it is so blasphemous. I mean, it's so yeah. sacrilegious. But I mean, I'm about, I'm about if it's good and if it makes a point. I don't, I, I think on the surface it's really sacrilegious, but then it's, um, but then if you're really thinking about it, it's not at all. So, um, exactly. You know, exactly. I think, I think that, Ennis, but Ennis is, Ennis is, you know, twice the heathen that, that, that Travis is. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, there's a lot, and, and it's something that he's written about before. But this is the one where he just let it all fly, yeah. and um, you know, that it's. And I am kind of amazed. At, you know, I'm just kind of amazed to like see it on my television. That's um, that's yeah. really cool. So before we get into the episode, because we're right there, let me just really quick um, yell at Travis while you're here, Bruce. I bought Travis a copy of The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, um, yeah. because I said. I'm sure he's told you about this. Yeah. I'm like, you you have to read this. Like, if, if you're going to read anything, this is the book you have to read. And he's like, well, I don't find that interesting. I'm like, well, I hate you. But you should still just read this. And he hasn't read it, which is completely oh, up to him. He's a yeah, full... Politically, he would find it really interesting, particularly... He would think it was so good! Yeah, the characterization of Superman would blow him away. I mean, it's just like... The way I mean, they play Superman. Yeah. yeah, and it's just... But here's the thing, though. Um... You know, he, he's a grown man. He can, of course, do what he wants to do. But here's my beef with him. He gets on social media and brags about all the new books that he's gotten and just, like, he'll check into a place on Facebook. I got Ant-Man number three, and I got the new Ultimates, and I got uh, Superman American Alien. Just, just gloating about everything he has. And I'm like, I will beat you to death with my copy of The Dark Knight Returns when I see you. I, I you know, because he's moving down here in a few months. Dark Knight Returns is, like, the best... DC book of the last 25 years or 30 years. It's like I, the man, most it's, famous one. It's the best one. It's like yeah, it, it I has, me being 30. Yes, I do yeah. think that. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I, I mean, I would say, I mean, it's one of the top. And you don't need that. You don't need any backstory. You don't need. You can figure it out from where it is. And you know, they, but oh, I have a similar story to that. And yeah, I yelled at him about this too. It's just like you. Got, and, you know, it's like, well, I want to read Rebirth. And I'm like, well, you have to read Watchmen first. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, it's so thick. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so long. Yeah, well if you you know, read it page by page Pause again. after a while you'll um you know, you'll finish. But Sean Radican, who we also work with at the Torch, kinda similar with that, except get this, last week and I told him this stuff a year ago, and then Dark Knight Three's been coming out and mm-hmm. then was it last week that prequel to Dark Knight with the Joker and Robin and Batman and he reads it and he goes, Well, I don't think this is all that good. And I'm like, I told you a year ago to read Dark Knight Returns. Have you read that? No. What are you reading this for? It's like, what? Yeah. Just, it's like, just picking stuff at random. It's like it's like taking a chapter out of a book and, and not reading any of the rest of the book or anything. And also, you're, you're missing the best part for the for the cat money cash-in sequels. It's like, what? You know. But it, Yeah, no. It, it's Travis. I have to read this from the beginning, but I won't read a trade. No, listen. Let's 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 not forget the part where I don't particularly care about Batman. 
But but so what? Like, that's, but that's the that's the whole point. That's the point of me saying, hey, I, I'm not saying, hey, you should read uh, Batman Incorporated from issue one. It's a one book. It's just one book. Right. Of somebody that I don't. You yeah, but you don't. But but you who did? Okay, did you care about Ant Man before you read Ant Man? Yeah. I mean, I got oh, excited because of the movie. Did you care about the Ultimates before you read the Ultimates? Did you know any of those people? No. Okay. Well, here's how, here's the way I would explain it. Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. But I know not Batman. Only, so. not only, and no one was excited about Ant-Man, even the movie. Nobody was ever excited about Ant-Man until um, Nick Spencer started writing it and started making him such kind of a, a shlemiel, you know, like a, a criminal loser and, and what he's yeah. really – what Spencer's really good at writing. But, I mean, it's just um, – you know, Preacher um, – Preacher Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, and for years I hated the Punisher character. I thought the Punisher character was stupid. I was like, how does he know that everybody that everybody he shoots in the head is guilty? What if he shoots one person that's not guilty? Or what if the bullet goes and hits a kid in the other room or something? It's like, why should Because they... he's, he's wasting bullets. Yeah, wasting he's just bullets. shooting will. Like, I, <laughs> I know it's all fantasy land and all of it is, but um, I, I just hated that character. I, was like, I just thought, you know, it's just... And, and there's... A, there was a pretty funny scene in Justice League versus the Avengers when they did that with Kurt Busiek and, and George Perez, where off camera, like the Justice League is traveling in the Marvel Universe, and off camera they, they say Batman sees the Punisher and goes, and, and then the next scene, the next time you see Batman, he's like, um, well, I had to go whip that guy's ass. Like that's all, it was, because it's just like, you know, you can't kill everybody. But anyway, so I didn't yeah. like that character. But Garth, and here's my point, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, during the time they were doing Preacher, went over to Marvel and redid The Punisher. And I was like, well, I love Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. I don't like this character, but I'll give it a shot because what I've learned really is you follow the people. You follow the creators first. Mm -hmm. And so if there's somebody good who's got a take on some character you think is is weak and, and punk ass i mean it's like it can change really quickly i mean you're just like damn this is really good and you know batman's i mean batman's from all superhero characters are preposterous and so is preacher but it's like but batman is um you know is one of the most popular ones and then this is i mean the, when frank miller came out with this and i was I got him off the newsstand first. I mean, it was you were just like, "Holy crap! This is this is something different. This is something yeah. really good." So, um, anyway, but yeah, I've had that. By the way, um, Travis, I didn't know you had an aversion to trade paperbacks. Yeah, that's like one of the first things I said when I saw them and started and got the, when I got that Black Panther. Who is Black Panther? That I still haven't read. Uh, that was not even long. I mean, that was like, how long is that? Thing? That's like five or six issues of. That's not even like a long read. Well, it's, got um, that, like, it's like that, that one sitting that you'd have with the five different comics you buy at once. You know, the way they get me, and it kind of makes me sick, but it's like, and I always. Um, John Hitchcock about this, who, run, who owns and runs the store, who's a wrestling guy who owns and runs the store that I've been going to for a million years, um, is that, guess what I bought on Wednesday? I bought the Ultimates Trade Paperback, which was the first seven issues collected mm. and then what i'll what i'll do is then i'll read it out of the because i've read them already but i'll read them in the trade paperback and it's usually a different experience and also mm. usually and that's what i'll save them in is i'm the exact opposite i'll i'll, I'll save the trade paperbacks because then you've got the whole story you know then you've got or yep. a big part of the story mm. but. no and and also like me not being a big punisher guy i love punisher max 
and I'm through like three trades on that. I, I just think that's it's so, just done so well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And I, right now I'm on that, and I'm still reading Alias with Jessica Jones, which I think is really good too. Yeah, okay. Um, but okay, enough waxing over comics. Let's get to the show. This week's episode, The South Will Rise Again. All right. Um, to kind of set up where we are at this point, um, and, and we'll jump to uh, the, the preview that they have now. Of course, we have our two uh, we have our two angels who finally hear that uh, that phone ring off the hook. Um, and I was going to ask you about this beforehand, but we're going to get into some uh, some Saint of All Killer stuff too um, here at the beginning of the episode. I, I was telling Travis. I was wondering if they were going to make that a beginning of every episode thing, where they kind of jump to that flashback for a few minutes. But it looks like they're going to just toss that in every few episodes, I guess in the hopes that they were going to get another season to tell that whole story. And it looks like now they will. Um, you know, another thing we're dealing with, we have the start of the Tulip and Cassidy relationship, which in the comics didn't play out until way, way later. It certainly wasn't in the first uh, kind of few episodes here. We're also dealing with... Uh, Trav, remind me of his name. Uh, the the heavy at the uh, meat and power company, the kid's dad with the broken arm. He um, yeah. So we have him um, you know, kind of trying to gather himself Dale. after what happened. Danny. Dale, I thought. Yeah. Hey, whoever it is, he's cool. Yeah, I wasn't so, crazy about. I wasn't crazy about the um. He's beating the wife, and the wife likes it, and the and the preacher can't figure out what, and preacher can't Jesse can't figure out what to do about it. It's like that yeah. um. Yeah, that's I think that's new to the ser- to the television series, and that's kind. Of, I mean, I don't know where they're going with it, but you know, freaky people definitely a part of it. But it's um, it's strange. And you know what's funny? Um, like you say that, but in this episode, it does play out to where where it looks like he has all the power in the relationship. It kind of switches because you know she kind of gives him a strong ultimatum that really uh you know kind of emasculates him like really really tough yeah um so no we open up here and i finally figured out that that's the same tree like the tree that the uh the natives are hanging from after some of them in scalp they've all been killed is the same tree that jesse's leaning against when he's in deep thought um like at that's dusk a, a few times that's a good call yeah. yeah so yeah it took me a while that's the same tree so here we are in the town of Ratwater. um my like my stepfather is the one that got me into comics. He also has me into westerns. So anything that flashes back to a western, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Bruce, did you watch uh, Did you watch Deadwood at all? Um, no, and I need to because Raylan Givens is a major player in Deadwood. So I'm t- and I'm finally on. I'm halfway through season two of Justified right now, and I'm just a, a big fan of everybody on that show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's I know there's a connection. Like I I haven't, but it's worth saying. Saint of Killers is every Clint Eastwood character from um you know every Clint from those old Italian spaghetti westerns and also from Unforgiven the, the but I I told Travis this I've always pictured in my mind you know you cast these movies um and I and I think the casting's been good but um you cast these movies in your mind I always thought Mark Calloway the Undertaker should be playing this role like when he got out of wrestling he should be playing Saint of Killers because he'd be perfect for yeah and as far as what they'd ask him to do, yeah, he'd be very good at this. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So, God, gosh, this town is twisted. So, when he comes into the shop, of course, um, I guess it's a doctor's office. Um, or it might be a general store at this point. He's speaking to a family. Santa of All Killers walks up in his in his almost leather jacket. And, um, no, he this is before down. he becomes the saint of killers. Yeah. Because he's a regular, he's a regular human being, and then he literally becomes a saint of killers. Like there's a saint, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. Because yeah, he's he's definitely gonna be a uh, yeah is alpha it, blood after it, this. Is it too late? Is it? Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> is it too early to call him the saint of all dumbasses? Well, he was. There's some hubris at play. Um, <laughs> he certainly makes a makes an important decision. And you were mad so about this. Upset. We talked about that. What yeah. is going on? What is he doing? And, and I'm not sure if I have yet an ex- an understanding of of what happened. So I'm hoping of what he did. Uh, yeah. And it's it's already like the the worst bar scene. I get, and I know Bruce, you haven't seen a Deadwood yet, but even Deadwood's not quite this tumultuous. Like as a bar scene, like like from the open. We already have, uh, you know, guys walking away with whores. Um, there was a fight as soon as he walked in. Yeah, it was so, like, cliche. And, and listen, as soon as listen they to what the guy at the bar tells him. Um, like, I don't know if you read the uh, the scroll, but basically he looks over at the guys on the side. He says, uh, what is it? I think it's, he gives him pricing for how much he's going to pay uh, to be with somebody, basically. Man, woman, he says, a child, yeah. Yeah, man, woman, a child. Ten bucks for a kid. She was kind of oh, and and he gives him a scalp. Um, and he there he's he's telling him that it's not an Indian scalp, it's a Mexican scalp, and he gives him half price for him, and then he pours a few more out of the bag. Yeah, just dumps them on the. Oh. You know, with the knowledge that Paul, these... he wasn't collecting scalps in the book, in the in the in comics, yeah. on, on this journey. He was. See, I don't understand that. I, I didn't understand that watching this a little bit because he's got to get from A to B and back and back home, and he's got uh. good reason to. So, like, what does he have time to like get scalps or you know get a hooker or whatever? Uh, you know, get a whore at the, the, the whorehouse. I mean, it's you know. And so, okay, so there's a preacher off to the side who's kind of telling the story, and he's telling you know kind of dirty jokes at this point, kind of along with his, with his narrative, which I think plays into what you said about the series, you know, originally as far as being, you know, surfer-level blasphemous, but you come to find out about this guy, he's a part of, what it sounds like, he's a part of the the South that lost the Civil War. Um, and so, you know, it kind of twists, you know, you know his ideals and uh, his conversation. And he notices saying out the corner of his eye. Yeah. All right? And so now, got a guy going to the back, and yo... They're making the kid watch somebody have rape his mom after they killed his dad. Like, that's happening in the back room at this saloon. And so all of a sudden, that preacher is sitting there next to the saint. And he's saying, I know you. And he's staring at him intently. And, you know, women kind of draw him away from what's going on. Bruce, uh, you know, as they're talking, the very first episode where Jesse wakes up from his hangover and has that bottle of rat water and it's clearly the silhouette of Saint of All Killers. I was so excited. Yeah. Like I'm immediately howling at Travis. Like, did you see that? Did you see that? He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, we get another glance back to that tree. Uh, the next morning, that medicine is ready. Yeah. All right. So leaving town here, fast forward a little bit. He goes past uh, the tree again with everybody hanging there. And he's passing a wagon, um, you know, with a family. And the kid is just all chill and excited. Yeah, howdy, how's it going? Hey, mister. Yeah, like, we're headed to Redwall. Well, like, you know, that's a classic, like, Western thing. Um, Shane, I don't know if you know the, the movie, Shit the Classic. My, my dad watched Shane, as a matter Shane, of fact. Yeah, yeah, Shane, come back, Shane! You know, that, you know, the kid's like, you know, and Shane doesn't come back. But yeah, it's always the kid. You know, it's it's a, definitely a trope or cliche, the kid. Um... Yeah, the kid wants the hero to do something. 
and, and, and the cornier ones, the hero will attend to him. A lot of them, he won't. So you just kind of glance off at him. It's like it's like when we used to drive by semis and ask him to pull the horn. Some guys yeah. pull the horn, some guys <laughs> don't. So yeah, like right there, you know, um, with the sun sitting on him in the background, he remembers that kid, you know, crying out for his mom and then making him watch, and starts riding right back. So so Trav, this is this is your angriest point in the yeah, series so far. Which, which is now. <laughs> uh, you know, damp dampened a little bit because I didn't see. Oh, the rape in the background. Yeah, in in the first yeah. scene. I so when he turns around and makes that dramatic, I'm like, what's this? What's this problem? Where's he going? And I just thought, does he assume something's bad going to happen? But he kind of knows. But still, something bad is for sure happening to yours. Oh. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. just. To, you know, half hour up and then the bend, or and then come to find out, yeah, like, that's I, different in the comics. Is he doesn't get interfered. He gets interfered with on his, you know, on his tragic quest, but it's not by people. So yeah, that, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. So you know, this family that he saw that gave him the mindset that he just saw what happened to the other family and that kid having to go through that. This kid struck him as innocent, and so he wanted to make sure something like that didn't happen to this, you know, unsuspecting family on the way back into town. Goes to the back room. Turns out his dad has more scalps than you've ever seen come out of one carriage. <laughs> and they'll come out of one wagon. And the kid just looks at him, hey, mister, and he's super excited to be a part of this. Next thing you know, Preacher comes out with the uh, kind of cold cocks him from the side. Medicine falls out, and they beat him down. And here's the real interesting part about it. They beat him down, but it's almost um, uh, Trav, I, Bruce, did you watch any of the uh, the five part ESPN series on uh, on the OJ trial? You know what? I get asked that I think once a day. No, because okay. I, I always kind of felt like I knew what the deal was, but I, I've been told some stuff. I'll put it like that. Okay, so so very good. So one of the um, one of the things that happens, um, it was uh, Carl Douglas who was one of the defense attorneys. He talks about the fifth quarter, about how when he was in high school, his football team could not play worth a lick, but everybody at his school could fight really good. So even though they lost the games, they won the fight at the end. Yeah, if you can't win um, the game, win the fight. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So in response to the Civil War that we're talking about, this preacher um, clearly still holds that grudge, not to the point that he wanted to actually kill the saint, but... You know, he had to get, you know, some measure measure of retribution. So after they beat him down, he comes outside and says, it finally knows I remember you from, from Gettysburg. And so he draws attention to the fact that, you know, they were on opposite sides, you know, during the Civil War. He was War. from Ohio. This, this rat water guy's saint. Uh, from Virginia? from Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, they're on yep. north south divide. Never saw a man more in love with killing than you. We lost a lot of good men that day, and a lot of horses, too. Oh, and so, yeah, don't kill the guy. Shoots his horse yeah, but, so he but can't the, get back. Well, you, you know, every kid that grew up watching westerns, and you guys aren't as old as I am, but, you know, there was a lot of, like, you know, corny westerns back when I was growing up where Roy Rogers would shoot the um, on television in reruns I should say I wasn't in the movie theater but anyway where Roy Rogers whoever it would would shoot the gu- would shoot guns out of the, the bad guy's hands because they wouldn't kill yeah. anybody but you didn't mess with their horse ever you didn't fuck with mm. anybody's horse so to shoot the horse that's that's real I mean cold blooded cold that's hard 
Uh, and he just falls with the horse. And I'm, yeah, yeah. You know. that's what you do. Horses are heavy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he walks. So, like, let's not put, you know, concrete math on this, but we figure it's what? At least a two days ride on that horse? Yeah. Okay. So, and horses run, like, I've seen Back to the Future 3 enough times. Fastest horse can get up to what? <laughs> Fastest uh, horse four, is 35, 40 miles yeah, an hour? Yeah, 35, 40 miles an hour. So, yeah. There you go. And the fastest person sprints maybe 22 miles an hour at a dead sprint, which you can I do for about seconds. maybe 200 yards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, LeBron on the big block, LeBron on the oh. big block in game seven, they figured out he was, was going running t- 19 miles oh. an hour. He was running 19 miles an hour. He what was I flying. Yeah. And that's 19 miles an hour on a flat surface on cushioned shoes. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, he walks seemingly the whole way. Yeah. And so, you know, that two-day trip turns After into, what, a couple down. of weeks? After a vicious yeah. beat down and a horse probably falling on one of your legs. He's a tough old coot, though. Yeah, he is. He still, and, and, he still took and his And gets there, and there are crows picking away at his family. Oh. To, to the point where, and I think it's such a cool shot, where they show one of the crows attacking the baby doll. So, yeah, he, uh, it's a quick flash between him seeing the birds, him seeing the birds. He drops the medicine, gets his uh, gets his gun and holster, and is walking right back the other way. And you see all the uh, you see all the crows fly out the top of the uh, top of Jimmy, the uh, yeah. of the, uh, cool. Where who who did that and where is he? Does he have a clue? I mean, he looked like he had a purpose. Like, oh, I'm going to kill somebody. But who? All of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, all of them. They're all going to die. But Starting I'm with Travis about it. He's lost his focus. I mean, you know, that, yeah. that's, I mean, you know, why do you need to stop you know, and go back and You, you know, literally and can't spare any time. Yeah. Like you, and yeah, and yeah. it just is a kick in the nuts because it was just for nothing. Like, they weren't even in any danger, at least. The interesting part in the books, what him being delayed by, and it's by weather, by storms, to get back to his family is what turns him into the saint of kill. In other words, he found redemption through his own family, but he's not true to himself because what he really is is a killer. Like they talk about in that scene, you know, I've never seen anybody kill more men. And now he has a family trying to do it, but the world won't let him, which is also, you know, is classic Western thing. But uh-huh. being true, you know, being true to yourself, if you're, if, if what you are is a cold blooded killer, then that's what you should be kind of thing. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you, Travis. I don't know why. I mean, it's like you gotta get home to the, you know, you gotta get home to your family who needs the medicine. Yeah, yeah, definitely a bad play on his part. Uh, Bruce, what's your thoughts so far on the on the sheriff on, on his interpretation? Um, he was much more of a cardboard figure in the comics. And I kind of liked it that way. I'm not the, the two characters I'm not crazy about so far are him. And his son, um, that the son, you know, the son, the son was much more in this just horrible way. And they finally, you know, in this episode, I know they explain what happened to the son. But number one, the, the makeup is terrible. Like the arse face. You don't like it? No. I think it's good. <laughs> I think it's really good. I think it's awesome. No, it looks like it looks like a guy, you know, it just looks like a guy on a TV show with makeup on I mean, it's like yeah. i know that was gonna be hard to do but still it's like i don't think they they pulled it off and then um no it's much more an asshole in the comics yeah like it's yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's like a like cassidy call 
Exactly. Yeah. And and um, and then. Well, the maybe that's part... the point. Like we can't. Ha- like we can. We have prosthetics and we have the technology or whatever to keep the, the techniques, but we can't have a puckered butthole on our. Sh- oh, just walking around on our shell. So he's gonna be called our space sooner or later because what happens to him? There's a lot more. He gets out in the world, you know. I mean, and that's kind of what. The, there's some media parody here that, that, that comes that comes a lot into play with him. But I thought the, you know, the, the sheriff in this is much more fleshed out, and I don't know. It's like I'm not as crazy about it. It's like I, I thought he was yeah. great. You know, I thought he was a a great tight ass in the um in the show. And then it'd be interesting to see what his fate is on the on the television shows compared. Exactly, because at this point, like you can't measure you know shows by issues, but he's gone. In the comics, by this point, yeah, like he's, he wasn't a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, just, yeah, and and your class dickhead father in the South. I mean, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. So you know, he thinks he sees something moving as he's uh, as he's searching with his flashlight, and of course, it's a lawn jockey. Yep. Because you know, yeah, Anvil, Texas. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you just up on the porch, uh, and Bruce, I do like the touch of. His like kind of like uh, how Spawn had different subtitles, or had like different uh, word boxes, and how Deadpool has like his red word boxes. I like that Eugene has his yellow subtitles when he talks. I think that's a really cool touch. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and, and they did that in the comics in a different, not yellow, but they, they did that in a different way that you had to like kind of figure yeah. out what he was talking about. And he's nice and cheerily positive, which you know plays into some stuff too. So. And so yeah, it's um, wow. And then what they do to the house is just, oh, I just really like this. Okay, so and we've got the sheriff here. You know, he's in there uh, clearing dishes. To go forward a little bit. Thinks he hears something going on. You know, outside as he looks out the window there. Okay, so he goes up. So they've been outside looking around. So again, because of course, just like uh. Just like on that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror when Bart has a twin brother and they have to keep him in the attic and feed him fish heads. Um, of course, Eugene has to live uh, you know, in the attic here. They go back up to the room and they spray paint, finish the job on the uh, on like the, the side of the roof of his room. With a giant and then, arrow you know, point. Yeah, as it pans over, it's an arrow down with a shotgun there. And which the point is, <laughs> just... the kid needs to blow his head off and, and finish, yeah. So, yep. Yeah. And, and, kill and him. the dad just kind of rolls his eyes. Yeah. Um, and then we get that awesome shot of, um, whether it's dawn or dusk, of Jesse standing, you know, underneath that same tree. Which is just the coolest shot in the world. Um, like, to the point where it looks like there's, like he's out next to the water, and he's just blissful. What do you think about his haircut, Bruce? <laughs> Oh, leave me alone. I got, I got that told that episode. I can't comment on haircuts after a, Wade told me after AJ Styles and um after I said something about AJ Styles' haircut and it was like, no, that's the cool haircut you would. Have. So I, <laughs> oh, it, oh that, is that what he told I'm you? Too old. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Now was he now was he wearing his curry two lows when he told you this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, it's possible. I had um there there's one time and and of course I'm a huge torch fan. There's one time that Wade was um Jericho was talking about who's the kid that they had who was uh what was he? Not the heartthrob, but he was the uh you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh he was Raw GM for a while. Oh, the uh uh boat uh love uh 
Dreamboat. Dreamboat. Um, yeah, that kid. Yeah. So he's wearing, you know, he's wearing like a, a young guy's shirt. Brad Maddox, yeah. He was he's wearing, he was spotted at the Ring of Honor show up in the stands. I forgot to ever say. Oh, anything. nice. But yeah. 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 We'll he's wearing a young guy's shirt, and Jericho says something about his shirt, and Wade's like, uh, he, I think he drew an allusion to him being like uh, making fun of his size, and I'm like, no, Wade, he's making fun of him for being young, because that's how young people dress. And Wade was like, oh, thanks for the nod. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Curry two lows, that guy. Um, okay, so. <laughs> All right, good. We okay, got some so, fashion, and that's that's important. There we go. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, of course, their church secretary is trying to pay bills because that's what happens. Um, and and she's clearly super stressed. Uh, and Travis, I told Bruce on last week's episode about the unsexy way that she's talking to the mayor and just kind of walks off and starts to take her pants off and how I didn't think it was particularly seductive. And Travis is like, but she's taking her pants off. <laughs> and I had to concede that point. And I was like, well, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's uh, getting the job done. Yeah. Goodness. So, yeah, again, Jesse has no he's so confident in his, in his abilities at this point and what he can get done, you know, not realizing, you know, what he's going to actually leave in his wake. And then he started to talk about what happened with King Cannon to the point where there's, and it's it, the most interesting group. If you look over at that table, it's like young black kid, young white girl, and so, maybe somebody's dad. And they're just so all super weird. excited to see him. It was so yeah. weird. And so, put, it, it, I mean, it's it, those, it, those it, Jesus it, paintings. wasn't meant to be put on, but it just, yeah, well, I mean, I think it was meant to be put on, though. It's those Jesus paintings where he's, like, smiling with three kids who have no business being in the same room together, oh, right, like, right. off into space, super happy. I, I I think he was drawn to that, so. And he kind of explains there about the bet that he made, you know, to get him to church. And he said, you know, if I told him he wasn't a Christian by the end of the service, he could have the church. She, and she was... She's pissed! <laughs> yeah. Church and like Travis, that? her name's Emily, so now we won't forget from now on because she actually wears a name tag. And yeah, again, like this table is just so excited to see him to the point where the four of them are having a church debate because that happens out in public, um, and they just really want his advice on that. And again, a, a, a part of this conversation was a was or the, this conversation was a part of why I thought it just felt so phony. Hey, we're having this good wholesome Christian debate about which which books are the are the the best the the best what the best at murder and torture and like like it's not in every one of them. Come on, sure. uh, but even still, even not going that far, it's like, there's a lot of it. It's, even not go, even not going that far, it's like what the best what it's it's the it's the bible like it's this it's i don't know is people rank uh is there a consensus on you know i mean second corinthians is pretty tough man it's hard to beat it actually went platinum with no features i don't know if you yeah um (laughs) so yeah so of course we get cassie laid out in uh laid out in the bed and uh tulip looking over him and (laughs) I, I, I love how they deal with vampirism here because, you know, to the point where we, we watched Tulip in the first episode ride through a cornfield, uh, kill two guys, and then create a rocket launcher, shoot a helicopter out of the sky, and leave another guy 
filled with hot army men in his head after she drank moonshine. So it's safe to say vampirism might not make her head for the hills. Okay? So he's like, no, ask me. And fangs, no. Turn into a bat, no. Sleep in a coffin, not if I can help it. Afraid of the cross, and 2,000-year-old symbol of hypocrisy, slavery, and oppression. But it won't burn my face off. Silver bullets. Werewolf. Yeah, you have to establish the rules of the vampire. I mean, you really do, like, whatever, if you have a vampire as a character, you have to establish which parts work and which, you know, which of the old legends yes. and which don't. And then, and this has some fun with, um, and, and the tel- television show follows it with, you know, some of these things are stupid. I always loved yeah. Lucifer when Lucifer goes, what would I want with someone else's soul? I was like, that yeah. was, I mean, you go, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> it's like, it's smart. Yeah. yeah. No, um, one of my favorite stories is, um, and I know, you know, John Landis, Bruce, the, um, oh, the famous director and his, you know, his son, uh, Max Landis. Yes. Animal House. Um, who did, uh, who wrote one of my favorite new age superhero movies. Uh, and of course I forget the name as I'm saying this, uh, the one with, uh, no, no, uh, movie with, um, with Michael B. Jordan, where the three kids, uh, get alien powers and they all telekinesis. Uh, Gosh, now, like I say, it's one of my favorites. I own it, and the name's escaping me right now. Um, Chronicle is what it's called. He wrote Chronicle, and so um, he talks about a conversation he had with his dad one time. And you know, John Landis asked Max, "How do you kill a vampire, Max?" And Max tells him, "You know, uh, garlic or cross or you know sunlight." He's like, "No, you can kill a vampire any way you want because vampires aren't real. You can literally do whatever you want." So, no, yeah, I do think, like you said, on the flip side, it's very important that they establish these rules because they're already having a lot of fun with Cassidy, even from the beginning. Like in that first fight scene, didn't somebody try to throw holy water on him? And he just looked at him like... Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? So, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the the strengths of the shows is the fight scenes, that they're so over the top. They're so... Yeah, it's ultra-violent. Ultra-violent, very much like... um, you know, very much like Preacher the comic, and, and Steve Dillon was yeah. great at drawing that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're just like sitting there going, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh, look at that!" Oh. You know, so. Yeah. And, you know. But then they followed that the airplane fight up with him jumping out of the thing and just splattering on the ground, and then, which I loved and Travis hated. <laughs> and then he just, you know, his entrails and everything just. <laughs> that was very so Wolverine like too. That's, that's what, and that's what I told him in the first yeah. episode. Wolverine doesn't do parachutes. Just throw me out the plane. <laughs> you know, I'll land somewhere and I'll get up in a little while. Um, did you ever watch that? Weird in that Cassidy is a vampire, but you, you know when you blow his arms off and then they grow back, it still hurts him like it would if you blew. Yeah, someone's right. And arm. he has to, you know, he like with this neck wound and from the last episode, like well, if he doesn't do something quick, he will die. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got to power up. Um, and she asked him right then. She's like, "Crave human blood?" Like, no. She's like, "Come on." He's like, "Not really." And he was drinking all the blood <laughs> when he was in the hospital. I, I, I wish they yeah. would have hinted to how they got out of that. I mean, they probably just walked out and drove away, but you know, something. That was how drunk at the hospital. He's sitting there covered in blood, drinking the blood packets, you know, uh, donations or whatever. Yeah, it was weird. And then they just... Yeah, like... He's just, okay, not covered in blood, in a different outfit and bed. How drunk is her uncle? Like, right now? Oh, mouth agape, just... Ooh. Yeah. You know how hard it is for a black man to get a Kramer haircut? 
it's very difficult. <laughs> and he's just, it's just effortless at this point. It's, it just clung to his head. And he's leaned back, head open. Oh, man. And yeah, he's, um... It, again, it doesn't play out till later in the comics, but, like, there's not a Cassidy, you know, tulip dynamic, and he is just enamored with her just from the jump. And, you know, she's, of course, disinterested because she has other things on her mind, namely Jesse and revenge. I think the revenge is probably... <laughs> that, that's no, paramount. Well, no, you know, you Jeff, say that, Jesse. but... Yeah, we, you know, Travis, we, we have that vine that I made, and there's, um, you know, I, I think Jesse's on her mind just a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and then I think about what she talks, the story she gives to... Now, uh, does he know, do you think, that she's talking about Jesse this whole time? I don't, I don't think so, or at least... From the background, Faye says yes. And <laughs> Cassidy from Jump, he's like, I'm falling for you. And he's dead-ass serious, too. He's very into her at this point. And she's just totally dismissive. Yeah, I, I don't have time for this. Or you. And she explains, like, her relationship with the whorehouse. She's like, I'm not a whore. I, says, I'm always. Yeah, that's where I kick it. That's what I always say. I mean, okay, yeah. Well, you know. I, it might get the but, price down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually they charge me extra, but anyway, um, they have to. But this, but that, the, the three of them—that's a big part of the series. Mm-hmm. And Casty kind of being an immature jerk at times. It's part. Of, they're all jerks at times. All immature at times, I guess. Yeah, and then like he's basically trying to get her. He's trying to get her to explain the relationship with her boyfriend, and, and you know, it's really you know in the end to discredit him. And she tells him, like, you know, somebody did us wrong way, way back. And, you know, we're trying to get back at him. And then she has that short flashback of that alley where her hair is better and Jesse's hair is worse. Weird. And it's funny, like, that's the more natural Jesse Custer haircut. And it looks so unnatural on Dominic Cooper. <laughs> where, like, oh, like it, the, the look on him now looks better. Well, he immediately, Cassidy immediately locks in on this idea of, this guy that did them wrong like he's like, yeah. okay explain who how mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she, and she wants to just take him out I want to cut his balls off and stab him over and over in the face with a screwdriver and Cassidy doesn't even not even yeah just like boyfriend. you said earlier about her with his vampire story he doesn't even flinch I don't so we got to do and and now he's appealing to uh to her best sense he's like he did you wrong he betrayed you he wronged you Stole your entire future. He said, and you finally want to, you finally found him and he still won't go. And here's a discredit. He's still here? I don't know. He's, maybe this boyfriend isn't the man you thought he was. Well, he's absolutely not. Because he's who he decided to be. Yeah, he's, then we he back. he's trying to tell her that. Hey, he's like, no. Oh, and he's just, again, like we, we saw from the first episode, it's his... His power is Little Shop of Horrors in that, you know, there are people are wishing for these things and he's he's putting these ideas out there and they're not. Has he been helpful yet? Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. It's a real change uh, from the, from the books, because the books, it was more like, you know, he's fighting someone. Someone's doing someone's needs it. And he says 
certain things to them, and then it's this terrible revenge. It's not, yeah, it's not, you know, like the, yeah, it, it's not like he says something and it doesn't go right because he hasn't thought it through, or the wish, you know, it's like the wish where you get your wish, but it's not what you really wanted. It, it, it's a curse. It's like uh, when I was a kid at elementary school, I read uh, this book called The Wish Giver. It's like, what is it called? Tales from Coventry. I forget who the author was. We made like three books. But uh, one of the things that happens in the books, and Bruce, I know you're a teacher. I don't know if you come across that one. Um, there's The Wish Giver. Um, there's Dr. Dredd's Wagon of Wonder, something like that. No, but basically, no, no. Um, it, it's this, um, what, it's this uh, like rural town, and one of the kids, uh, one of the girls meets one of the guys that gives, that gives wishes at this, uh, at this carnival. And she has this crush on this boy. And she says, I forget, his name's like Jeb or something. She says, I wish Jeb would put down roots here in town and never leave. So, of course, he becomes a tree. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, that. Right. And this is a children's yeah, book. It's like, hey. always, yeah, I'm always just in my weird mind thinking about time travel and weird wish loopholes and stuff. Like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I want a million bucks. Like, they're going to be a million uh, elk or something in your living room or in your on your property when you get home. Or, even worse, you'll get a million Michael Reds with bad knees. <laughs> and then you'll never win a game. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta be very specific while also not going over your, you know, it has to be one wish. Like, you can't be like, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, yep, yep. Puts down roots. What a vague, I mean, like, you know, wish. Yeah. And, he, and yeah, he, he turned into a tree quick. Um, so, we open on uh, a man with the broke arm, and he has all the pills on his dresser because it hurts. And he's not even, he doesn't even want to get out of bed at this point. He feels so useless. Grabs his Tylenol bottle. And, again, like it's, it's a departure from the character they show with her at first because she was, you know, kind of subservient. She said, yeah. yeah. King, yeah. And uh, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she tells him like we all take L's. There's no shame in taking yeah, L. Yeah, that was the, like I really liked her in that moment. Like, huh. yeah, it's, it's and, I'm reminded of that. Uh, it's different, but I'm reminded of that uh, Cosby episode when Claire's talking to I think Vanessa who got a B or something. So she makes like these chocolate chip cookies, and like one doesn't have like a enough chocolate chips in it so she's gonna like throw away the whole badge and Vanessa's like well you know what are you doing that's stupid and she's like yeah you're right so stop because yeah. you didn't get straight A's uh, and but yeah like, every, and that's not even a loss but this is a clear cut loss yeah he took a real L lots of people uh, gotta shake it off man but yeah like you're a big and tough he's... guy like how do you not like you've never gotten I guess if you've never gotten shown up or he got shown up yeah. pretty bad, though. I mean, you got to say, you know. Ooh. And, and what's bad was, yeah, exactly what the guy said he was going to do, do to him, he made him do. Yeah. To the point where people went home and told their children what happened. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's... And see, you haven't lived in a small town, Travis, yet. You're about to. But, I mean, well, Austin's not that small. But, um, but yeah, everybody talks about everybody's business. So if you really got shown up that bad, and that's the town you grew up in and you know nothing else... Yeah, you'd be laying in the bed. I mean, all the kids, though. I mean, what a bunch of terrible parents. All the children. <laughs> yeah. And she tells him, and this is where we get the the episode title, The South Show Rise Again. Oh, boy. And she's so excited. He said, all those years I was a knocker. 
I guess that's the that's a heavier a tough out there. Oh no, he's talking about the uh, actual like being on the floor. And I thought this was great how he explained it. Like you know, all the cows marching you know to to the killing floor, like getting ready to get ate up by those machines. And he said before they get the bolt in the drop, they get a look in their eyes because um, they know what's coming. But it's nothing and, they can do about it. All the wishing yeah. and all the hoping. He said all the don't want yeah. in the world is not going to change this because they're gonna. I just just really really good writing to the character. Um, and she looks at him, realizing how defeated he feels right now. Opens up the blinds. And he doesn't even want to see the sun. <laughs> Do you remember Russell and Accountant always giving me the eye? If you don't get out of bed right this second, I'm going to go in there, take him into a bathroom stall, and screw his brains out. And he looks over her like, wait a minute. I should probably do it, too. Yeah, like, oh. He's <laughs> so defeated, like, oh. What? There's definitely a sadomasochistic thing back and forth between the two of them. So we got our uh, got our old school phone ring in there. Like I, you know, even though that's super classic and I don't like the effect, I, you know, if we could like get somebody to Photoshop Zach Morris's cell phone in that, that'd be pretty cool. I have to get top men on that. Of course, there's a bag of Cheetos laying on the two bed, and there's an empty one. Oh, there's two on the bed, yeah. and then one on the nightstand. One on the nightstand. Yeah. I can imagine having never eaten food before how great Cheetos would be. And they're so, like, you know, again, they're wearing Edgar suits because <laughs> one of them sitting in the bathtub and another one sitting on the toilet and they're having this conversation. Yeah. And, and, I, and, not... I, and I like how, the, and I meant to say this last week, that the the tall one still has, you know, the scratches? scars from getting clubbed with, like, that mallet that Cassidy had uh, uh, before the guy yelled, we're, we're not after you, but he already clubbed him two or three times. Uh, so... They can reanimate, or not reanimate, but get beamed down however many times or whatever. They, you know, they, they still, that's just a mystery, I guess, what, what, what actually, or at least for now, what actually happens with those guys when they're, quote, unquote, you know, killed. Uh, yep. They're just there minutes later. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. And just, he's still, but he doesn't heal. And the whole time. Yeah, like they're trying to explain what they're gonna say when they finally do answer the phone. Like they're trying to get up, like the get up the heart and the wherewithal to actually answer that phone call and explain what they're doing down there. They goofed. All right, so we're back on uh back on Emily here, who's opening up the safe with all the uh, all the cash in there. It's pretty crisp bills in there. And again, this is a this is a an actual hard job. I was telling Travis, I did a little bit of church secretary way back in my day. Um, yeah, it's a bit difficult. Oh, and we got Jesse's pants because you know he just kind of stripped in there. It, her character's so interesting to me in that you know she's 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 a widow who's you know clearly in love with the preacher. Um, realizes that the mayor's in love with her and uses him. You know, for her own means. It's interesting to have a woman character play that role. And also, she is just so quick to take off her pants in just every situation. No doors. Yeah. We're I just going to, you know, I mean, nobody's around nobody, us. Yeah. But I always close the door when I go to the bathroom. Never. I, <laughs> Not in my apartment. I, Not in my apartment. I, but, like, I, no. I hate having, gotta close the door. I hate having, having roommates close the last door. two yeah, years for, for that reason alone. 
God, I just want to go and sit down and not have to worry about, you know. So, uh, oh, and Tulip absolutely despises her. This scene was amazing. I, yeah. I, I thought from the moment she, I, I, what is she about to do? Like, And I'm like, oh, she's going to pee. And they're just going to be, show her peeing and yeah. hear her peeing. But the footsteps and her squeezing off the, her pee stream to listen yeah. to the footsteps get closer and closer was, Gotta tighten up. was, was so awesome. It's and so not only does Tulip... You're like, what's, uh, you know, what's about to happen? Yeah. And Tulip makes eye contact with her and then stares at her right in the vagina. Because, you know, Tulip operates in a whorehouse. The thing she's probably seen, oh. this ain't making her uncomfortable, but she knows how uncomfortable it's making Emily and Emily's eyes are so big. He's like, where is he? Flavor Station. And she just closes the door. Closes like, the door on her. Like, yep. screw you. This is my house. Or my... I'm here. You know, oh, on my so time. Un- and like, I'm supposed so to be here. You're not. Don't, don't give me that yeah. look like, close the door, you dirty... Whatever. Like, <laughs> again, I'm an advocate of having doors open when you... And then her expression, like, she's almost about to cry. Because she's... She's still coming to terms with, he's really not going to do this with me. This is actually not going to happen. So then your man Eugene is making a fire-ass breakfast. This is the worst looking, like... And the egg look good. Not that cheese, egg, yeah, cheese is garbage, but... But, but you, yeah, more than just because you're some kind of weird, not liking cheese guy. It's just, like, you don't put a slice in and this fold it over. Like, you... Put it in the batter. I mean, you, listen, as much as I don't like cheese, I, I understand cheese eggs are very good. So cook the cheese, bro. Yeah, with, yeah. Cook the cheese. Just throw it in there like it's oh. a burger and just throw a slice of no, cheese. No, again, Bruce, I know you don't like what that looks like, but that's as close as they can get, kind of, right? Like, they can't really pucker up his whole face. <laughs> yeah, but you look at, like, it looks like... It looks like vinyl across, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's just not, yeah. I don't know exactly how well, you see, see the this thing correctly, is, but it's like CGI or something, it's like, it doesn't, his you know. Low, his chin and lower half is always glistening because he's True. wet mouth yep. and, you know, his suction isn't uh, up to par, Paul's. You're and, not, and you know what I think my problem yeah. with it is, you're not as horrified by it as you would, be, as you were in the book. Like in the book, yeah. you were just like, yeah. And this is like, well, I mean, you know, it's not too bad. Yeah. And I think like, that's, you know what I think? And I bet that was just a, 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 that was a, a, a conscious decision. Like we cannot have it looking that bad. We can't. You know what I think is because that's what I object to. I, I, I really yeah. object to that. Yeah. Well, the, uh, you want to get the damn thing on TV, right? I mean, it's yeah, but if, curse if and what happened to him later on. Because he looked so bad and he, he had an ass for a face, what happens to him later on, like, it makes it that much better. It's, it's like, just like yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, the Dinklage's character, Tyrion, in, in the book is a hideous, monstrous little dwarf. Like, ugly as all hell. And then he gets his face, like, his face sliced and half his nose chopped off, so he's even grosser looking. Dinklage just himself is uh, he's a handsome man. And then he gets this awesome scar in season two, like, across his face. Like, now he just looks like a badass and a handsome dude on top of it. So it's like, well, we we don't have the money to have, or, or whatever, to, to, to have, yeah. you know, to, to make that perfect like it was, in, or described at least in the book. 
I'll tell you what I do like though. I like the effect of like either shrapnel or internal like head swelling on his forehead. I think that looks yeah. really cool. Yeah. It's like however, ass. however like that it was a shotgun, not yeah. like not just like you know that thing spreads. Yeah. And... and yo, he's doing that thing that I hate. Like, and I, I I get on my other half so bad about this sometimes. Like you know when somebody's like eating their food and the fork drags across the plate. It's like does he did he, he, just, did he shoot himself oh. in the ears? Does he not, does he not hear how not, terrifyingly oh, that is? I mean, he's not the even point like where it's yeah. Just thinking oh, about it. it's on mute, and I'm just thinking about it getting like the EBG. He's like, yeah. stop it, stop it. And his dad is pissed to where he knocks the plate, breaks on the wall. Maybe you should do like they said and finish the goddamn job. And his eyes just get so big looking at his dad. My eyes were right there with him. Yeah. What an awful thing to say. And I no, I could not help. But, you know, the whole time I'm like, what a little bitch ass. Like, come on, Eugene. Like, you know, let me cut up your eggs and, you know, but but the fact that he composed himself and didn't get, you know, all crybaby or, or angry or anything. I mean, yeah. I, I went, was like, wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. And he just went and, and cleaned went it up. up. Like, okay, yeah. not even going to lash out. He took that hell. Anyway. Like, you just got to think because you get a little taste of it. The horrible things that he said. Or that that have been said to him probably over the last uh, yeah. year, or however. My goodness. So yeah. Um, but that changes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Which was just so. Oh, they played that so interesting there. So he, he's over here, like you know, checking the meter um, at the um, immediately at I knew the power we company. Yeah. Place because everything is terribly old. Because it's technology from 60 place. years ago. I, hate I love it. it. I hate this man. <laughs> but I think that's what's great about him, though. He's so resistant to change that he won't even update the technology. Like, he's afraid of contacting GE to come in and fix his stuff <laughs> um, because all of a sudden they're going to have a look around and uh, want to be part owners, yeah. and he's not having that. Sure. He's got reason not to let people look around. If, if Yeah. If, Continue, so they play it the same way. Yeah, um, Bruce, do you um you talked about Watchmen a bit earlier? I know Travis is, of course, like I read Watchmen like everybody else did. Travis is a big fan of the Watchmen movie. I try to explain to him how much I dislike the Watchmen movie, um, because I just think it has so little soul. But one of the really good things about that Watchmen movie is him, um, Jackie Earl Haley playing Rorschach. I thought yeah. it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I told Travis he's probably oh go ahead I'm sorry no go ahead I'm sorry finish your point I was going to say he's probably my favorite thing about this show so far I I love like his characterization yeah yeah I want to see who plays Star but yeah because I kept thinking he would be really good at Star but yeah I I do like him on the the television show better than I did in the um, I mean he's a one joke character to me in, in the book uh, mm. in the books so that's um that's there my thing about Watchmen is how could you like see the movie and not read the book anyway um because yeah <laughs> even though the movie is like a note for note from the there's never been I don't think a more faithfully adopted yeah um, movie from any like source material than that I, I, you know and I think I think Alan Moore is a gimmick like a wrestling gimmick in a lot of ways and but I agree with him Watchmen and I'm interested in what's going to happen in Rebirth but Watchmen never should have been a movie it should have been just what it was that's it yeah because it's so intricate so well put together it really is a watch you know it's like all the all the all the 
pieces fit together perfectly and there's no need for extra pieces. There's no need for more. And when you start adding on to it, you just ruin it. And, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, when I went to the movie, I was like, this is like really a piece of craftsmanship, but I agree with you. It had no soul. I didn't yeah. like the movie. I was like, this shouldn't be, this just shouldn't have been a movie. Just yeah, let yeah. it be what it was. It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Um, the, the, the shots were good like you said the characters are faithful um but yeah it just it had no heart to it and it goes against that idea of people who say um you know why isn't this more like the book like it was just like the book but you can't capture that same emotion and feeling um but yeah okay yeah so you, you know you can't put it together the way the art fit together with the words i mean that was the exactly yeah so you know last time we saw the mayor and King Cannon together. Um, he was, you know, pissing in his briefcase. And, you know, King Cannon is just, he, he's totally different in that, you know, he's hes available and he's thoughtful and he's enthusiastic and he's apologetic. And, you know, even the way the, the way the mayor responds to it, it's like there's no different characterization in him at all. He's like, oh, he's a nice guy now. That's nice. And then even as they're talking, you know, about him going to church, the uh, the shot kind of focuses out of uh, King Cannon and goes back to his assistant sitting in the back. He's like, "Yo, you went to church?" Yep. His whole <laughs> his whole being he was just on fire with like like every nerve was pointing towards uh, uh, King Cannon. Like what? You know, then that just exploded. You know, a minute later with you know. Tell me what he's had. Yeah. You know, trying. Did you see him? Not comp- We've he talked about his outfit. He's wearing caterpillar work boots, uh, probably Dockers, and like a no cotton way he's polo. Wearing dockers. He's wearing like I those don't are their dickies. Ru- not even. He's wearing like the rugged brand from like Walmart. Yeah. Or something. He's oh, okay. He's wearing the the Lee Five Stars. Yeah. Okay. And with with the the most cotton uh, polo ever, it's like almost with the limp. pocket on the side, and, and you know he's doing that thing that with you know we had to do in high school where we had to roll up the sleeves on everything so you could see the biceps, um, with a tie that I'm almost assured is a clip on with a black he's wearing a black tie with brown shoes like he's doing everything he can to let you know he's I uncomfortable hope, in what he's wearing. I hope that's a black a real tie going around. Oh, I pray it's not. <laughs> I, need, I need it. Because, no, you know how you know it's not a real tie? It's not Look at how it's hitting it's, his collar. It's all, it's all fluffy. <laughs> or not fluffy, but, like, yeah. Out. Yeah, totally. yeah. And he is just, like you said, like, the, even the, the dramatic music plays, like, he's just in shock at, at what, what has Jesse Custer done now? I mean, and, and, he pops the, up and that goes into Preacher's, you know, Whatever it is, he's just like you dumbass. Like you're way, and then it's expl- and then they really see it in this next scene. Like he's just willy nilly with the uh, like you didn't even cover your track. Like when you let, and I know the point was to let Danny or whatever the hell his name is remember and feel and have that fear yeah. of him. But when you do, when you start doing it and using it, he's he's gonna know. Exactly. And yeah, so kind of how this meeting concludes is that that uh, the group I met with in Austin, um, we're gonna meet with them today. And it's funny, uh, Bruce, the restaurant they talked he talked about meeting them at last week, Threadgills. I took my dog to the park on Saturday, and that um, 
it's actually right off of uh, South Congress, as a matter of fact, right past downtown. So I snapped a picture of it for Travis Threadgills. Yeah. Um, good live music yeah. there. So, and yeah. I'm going to eat um, like before the years so. Got to. Um, so, yeah, so now that crowd that was, you know, the four people sitting at the booth, now half the restaurant is just in tune with what Jesse's talking about. He's just doling out the, 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 the advice. I think the key is to be patient. So, yeah, he's just, uh, oh, he boy. He has no idea what he's, like, putting, he's, like, well, one thing like that giving ha- people, like, a virus. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's kind of a weenie so far, which it he and, and that was the way the book was when he was in town. He was kind of you know when he was the preacher, he was weak, and then what happened changed him and turned him badass again. And so you, you're just kind of waiting for him to like, you know, get it together a little more. And you know it's there in, in the in the in the TV show. You know he's like, you know, you know he can kick ass. He did already, and then he kind of goes back to I'm going to try and do this, and I think it's yeah anyway. But he did. My problem with him is that he took, you know, you know, I'm a Bruce. I love I love the Ultimates. I love that Martian movie. Uh, you know, he didn't. I like when you think things through, go through all the possibilities. He didn't even try to figure out what, what's going on inside. Of I just got the juice. I got. Like, oh, I guess I. I guess I got this now. I'm like, that's oh, not he's how like the, he's like the kid work. who learns how to. Um, he's like the kid who can dunk first. He's like, so I don't need to work on this jump shot. I got this dunk, son. <laughs> and yeah, his, his game is not complete at all. So then Tulip pops up, and she's like, yo, I got a question. <laughs> My problem is I like bad boys. She just sits One right in down, particular. like, yeah. scooch over, lady. Didn't even say yeah. sat down. And then she basically explains how they used to run reptiles for the Mexican cartel in Miami. And that, what, basically, Jesse kills a Komodo dragon. For eyeballing shoot, shoot, shoots him in the head for because yeah. the because the, the owner or the guy and yo like he is that I love this thing that he does where he has like basically the most hungover look on his face where he looks down but his eyes are going up and he does it pretty often and he just looks so pissed and annoyed and he's so frustrated with her for drawing attention to that guy he used to be and, and this was have either of you guys seen the Steve Martin movie where he's the the uh, traveling tent evangelical guy. Yeah, that's a great movie. I kind of haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, that's a great movie. What? So this scene with with yeah. Tulip reminded me of that because he's like in the middle of the revival. Is it called revival? No, no, not fake ass Arn Anderson's. Um, he's like in the middle of a big old thing yeah. and everybody's cheering, whoop de woo, and and then here comes like this investigator or like local like sheriff guy or, or deputy or whatever. And he's been, you know, getting his background. And he's just a con man, uh, Steve Martin's character is. And he's just using the, tel- the preacher thing as a, as a gimmick to get money and fleece people. Um, and he comes in and he starts going over the guy's past. Like, he's a, he was, you know, using this drug and running with women and, you know, pulling cons in Louisiana. And everybody's like, what? Not our reverend and we love him and he's so you know jesus and like when it just looks like it's like up he did him in he came in and exposed him in front of his whole congregation and it's going to spread and he took it and turned it he said well yes i did all those things and i turned my life around and blah 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 and what kind of he was like if you're going to talk about sin and gambling 
He's like, you want to go to and, and, and sex and stuff? You're going to go talk to some virgin priest? You're going to talk to some priest that's never had a drink or never sinned before? How's he going to relate to you? And completely, the people were like, oh, so you were scumbag in another life. That makes you an even better preacher than we even thought. Yay! And they just like embraced him even harder. And the sheriff guy was just like, son of a bitch. I made things worse because I just inadvertently put this guy over even even more so nature. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, just, it wasn't that deep in this scene but it definitely how he turned it on that small audience turned uh, uh, Tulip's uh, stuff around on her and she just sat there salty like and with that face like damn it I, I made things worse and then he says and then the lady says I'm pretty sure you, where you going and he says I'm not going anywhere you know obviously yeah, I'm that's, holding court that's, all meant, that. that's meant for Tulip, like I'm not leaving this town to go with you to do. It. And of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> of course it's going to happen. Now I want to watch Vampire in Brooklyn, so I can watch um, Eddie Murphy take over that uh, evangelical preacher's body and tell everybody how evil is good. Evil. And it's good. Yeah. <laughs> e- e- evil. Yeah. So good. Let's see. That's like the last time you saw Kadeem Hardison in anything. Um. But yeah, he's not leaving. Like you said, she has that frustrated look on her face. Oh, nothing she can do. And just kind of looks over. Oh, and you just feel like she knows time is running out because they're going to lose Carlos sooner or later. And, you know, she tells her, like, keep it away from the windows. People are eating. Yeah, and, again, and then I you flash known. down. I should have known. Like, what? What kind of? Yeah. What's she talking about? And then she's like, like, God damn For a second, though, if I can be real, his shirt is kind of fly. Like, I like that shirt that Eugene's wearing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Might have to cop one. But yeah, um, so he's basically telling like I-, I love how they're portraying Eugene like as this super sympathetic character, but also like not giving way to the audience exactly what it is that makes everybody hate him. Um, but yeah, but the thing about Jesse, he's so dismissive of him. Like every time they talk, he's like either too busy to talk to him or has too many things on his mind or can't really delve into conversation with him but at this point like Eugene is just so selfless um <clears throat> and he's telling him he's like I was thinking maybe you could pray with my dad and he's like I don't know if you go for something like that but I don't know what else to do and then you know Jesse's like ha ha I got the juice now and he's just we can again, do it just uh, I got a plan no, no, no thought more than just no more thought than the initial idea. Like, oh, I'm running with this idea that popped in my head just now because I can make people do anything I want, really, or not really. Like, I can just period. So it's just I don't I don't like how he's just being an idiot and real. You know, it's, I like I like the story where a person gets a power and is afraid to use the thing for you know and they get criticized by other bad guys like you know or other you know potential you know whatever and like you're not you know using this thing come on and I'm like what yeah. come on I got great responsibility here whatever so and so I, I got to you who I do really like um the mom that they portray like we've seen her on a few episodes go from um you know go from respectful but disinterested to you know frustrated and then you see her in this scene and she's excited to see him because she finally saw you know some progress in her daughter 
Yo, when they in the first episode when they took that wig off her head and she had that soft spot in her head. Soft spot? You mean her dent? That crater? <laughs> dent. <laughs> that crater she had on top of her head. Oh. And yo, he walks in and he's so confident, like she's not gonna see that Eugene's sitting out in the truck. His whole yo, he, he, wanted, he wanted this whole scene. This uh, is just a conceited asshole at this point. He wanted he immediately went for the bat. Yeah, he wanted this where she meets the neighborhood to, to to come alive and see the folks. Already broke out a window. Broke his oh side sleeves are rolled up too. Oh and yeah, everybody comes outside. They're looking around. Drop it in a hard voice, yeah. and everybody shook. But she's so upset that she doesn't realize exactly what's going on. She so still she even pick up? And, uh, she cracked that window. Step away from the car. Look at the male lady standing out there. Go do your job. And then you have uh, Elder Shawn Michaels in the background with his hair in the bun and the glasses. But if you pause it on the girl next to the groceries, you'll see who I'm talking about. Elder Shawn Michaels. You see him? Yeah, the girl, the girl with the groceries, the guy next to her. Looks like Shawn Michaels in glasses. Um... So, yeah, he tell Eugene to get out the car. He's like, why would I get out the car? And he, he jumps out. And it's just, oh, she, she can't approach him, but she can still yell at him. And he tells her it's gone on long enough. Told you never to come back. He's made a mistake. And she said, but he suffered. And she cannot stop cursing him. As You're saying buddy in a tweet jacket looks like HBK? I am because his hair's in that bun that HBK had when he came back uh, for the first time uh, oh, to wrestle in the. Uh, like really, it was kind of short, like. Yeah, when his hair was still short, like when he fought uh like that's the uh, WrestleMania 19 bun against Jericho. Like the hair's not quite. There's no hang time on the hair just yet. Uh, but yeah, he's like, yo, forgive him, and she opens her arms to forgive him. And he's like, yo, am I really gonna? She's gonna put me in a bear hug. Mm-hmm. And yo, she she forgives him and looks so angry about it. Like she's so conflicted even though it's happening. Because yeah, she's being forced to do it. But right, and then he just like he's leaving these people with no other uh I thought to but to think like preacher's magic or got some kind of power. Like he, he like you And obviously that's the that's his twist he yeah. wants people to see him do these things mm-hmm. but i'm just not trying to hide this not agreeing with his tactics and it's, it's they're talking about i guess their son's grade you know passing with a 66 um She's you know, the worst. a strong she, pass this is where too. i stopped uh yeah you know how i liked her earlier in that moment <laughs> when she uh, was trying to encourage her buddy but she but might actually like, just be a trashy she's person a terrible parent yeah. Talking about a 66. Oh, she just don't like It's a good myself. pass. Like, it's a good pass. Maybe it's... And then somebody's wife is fat. And she's like, you're moping. Like, what is it? What's wrong? And, yo, he breaks down and tells her what happened. Like, yo, he's got this freak. And I love, like, it's so natural, kind of the way they discuss it. That, like, it's like, yo, he made you put a gun to yourself and he's really like explaining kind of and you don't get this enough I think in movies and in shows like this is exactly what happened (laughs) this is word for word what he did to me so you can understand and it's his first time obviously in however long week or whatever it's going by that he's been able to 
say that out loud. Like, yeah, he hasn't verbalized it to anybody. Yeah. Yep. So the fact that it uh, that he broke down and started, you know, bawling like a baby was it? Which you know, in Texas, the middle of this, you know, small town, you know, hick thing with all these, you know, people. Not all these people, but you know, a couple cowboy hat wearing guys walking by, and he's sitting there, you know, crying on his wife's bosom, like yep. literally. Just she's just patting him like a baby, and and he's playing this part like like the more intense he gets, the you notice the vein in his forehead, he's super worked up, yeah. and then it gets bigger and thigger. Like, you know, like man, he's like really into this thing. And then of course, probably the line of the show: "Please don't screw Russell in accounting." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> please crying, crying on her chest. Like, please don't screw Russell in accounting. I won't, baby. He is, he's full tears. And you know what? Like, we would all be full tears, I think, if somebody literally forced us to put a gun in our mouth. Like, it's time to break down and cry. I agree with that. I do too. Yeah. And she says, you know, he'll he'll get his sooner or later. That's what I was like, see? It's like that, uh, who's, which show do I watch? Who says you don't? Oh, oh, 12 Monkeys. You don't? Uh, Deacon. He says you don't leave. A potential enemy. Like basically, you kill everybody. Yeah. You know, like, don't leave anybody alive. That yeah, but gonna... that place is a character. He's he's still trying to be, you know, a, a, a preacher. He's still trying to like. Oh, I, I know. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying he's great. You know, now the wife is like, mm-hmm, he'll get his. Like, ah, she's so, gonna come back around and play an important role in something bad that happens to preach. Yeah, no doubt. So, guys, as him and Eugene are driving. Pause it when he starts to make that left turn and tell me what you see. Uh, well, this window's dirty as hell. Yeah, let it go a little bit. It's when you see from a shot from the back seat of the car. Like, as he hangs that left, what do you see out of the front front mirror? Or out of the uh, windshield? Oh, the mascot. There he is. The mascot. There he is. We were talking, Bruce, about how the mascot pops up in every episode. And and I described, and I likened it to, did you see the Chappelle show season two, Bruce? Okay, well, there was a guy that would just, in, in the opening episode, it made sense. Like, there was a guy, like, it was a dance scene, they were dancing, and he comes in, he just does the robot. But throughout the rest of the season, 12 episodes later he would just make his appearance in random ske- in random sketches just walking Doing by the robot, the robot. <laughs> so, oh i like that a lot yeah i always like <laughs> that always so the mascot just is there so the mascot you know, pops I mean, up in every episode in random but in the opening in the opening sequence they show him getting punched in the face by the the, the, the raging savages or whatever the old mascot was so. yeah so it's, it's like a, a transition pep rally and here like uh the last episode where they were um when they had you know hooker paintball um, he was just like randomly perusing the street at the beginning of the episode, and yeah. here he's literally just walking by in the dead of day. Again, in the, <laughs> last time it was the dead of night, or at least you know, well after, well after everybody's sleep town was yeah. completely uh, empty, and, and and when he's just walking by, you know, in in full gimmick, and then now here it is, the opposite, high noon. He's just yeah. Walking down the street. And he just decided to lose 10 pounds today, so he's going to walk around the neighborhood. Um, okay, and so we get another, uh, like another crow, another buzzard, this time eating Chinese food. 
It yeah, but a, bu- a, a left like a thrown out a thing of um, you know noodles or something. Yep. And so you know it's Tulip, and she's waiting outside of you know bar club, uh, your resident sin shack as it were. And you know she she gulps one time because she's like, oh boy, what am I about to do? And she's just staring off into space. She's not even blinking at this point. Yep, the Arrow Drugstore. And then you know. It's time to uh get a lick. Hit, yeah, got that got my ski mask on, about to do some damage. With a big gun. Mm-hmm. Let's get oh, to it. Play. No, but is this like, like I don't I'm I'm trying to uh, in my head like so is she trying to raise money? Is she just frustrated and just wants to cr- just, you know, criminals going to crime kind of thing? Uh so if if you could without I guess spoiling anything, give me some insight on what the hell is. Well, no. Or 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 is that too? Yeah. Well, no. I'll tell you exactly what it was. Like in context, she stole drugs for Cassidy to get Cassidy on her side. Oh, that's yeah. Doing. Yes. No, and no, I, like I said it so matter of fact because I literally just caught it right now too. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's and it's she didn't do anything. I mean, they don't show it. They don't not show it. But all they show is the bottle of pills later. I was like, so she just went up in there, ski masked up, brand, you know, brandishing a hammer. Like, okay, give me a bottle, you know, give me all your Percocet. Not all. Give me some Percocet. Now, hey, Bruce, funny enough, the last okay. episode of uh, of Justified that I watched was the episode in season two where the nurse makes uh, Dewey think that he cut out both his kidneys. So oh, he's yeah, on like yeah. that cross county spree where he's uh, stealing money yeah. from every shop, which is just uh, oh he's he's a very fun character because he's so yeah. dumb and so like and he's he's dumb to the point where even though he's in like life and death situations with Raylan, Raylan still treats him like a kid brother in the way that he talks to him. It's, just, it's so fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so we're here and we're attempting to figure out how to answer the phone. He's like, remember they love you. It's like when you have to call your parents because you know you're out way too late but you still need somebody to come get you and your friend's already in trouble. Remember they love you. They can't yeah, kill get you. The, get, get the <laughs> one that, that that's in the least trouble at the moment. To do yeah, it. to like, come they, save everybody. Yeah, like I can't. My report card the other day was, was terrible. Ooh. So they're just really yelling at me so you got to do it. And what's the scarier? What's scarier than that phone continuing to ring when the phone stops ringing? Yeah, but it wasn't that it stopped. They would have a half hour earlier, a day earlier, or whatever, would have probably been like, "Whew, it stopped yeah. ringing." But it was the moment they decided, "Okay, here we go," reaching for it. Then it stops. It's like, "Oh my God, who? They're like totally watching us in some some kind of way. Like they're and they're and they're messing with us." Guys, can you read the uh, the sign yes. outside of the strip club? Yes, book? I had to pause. Thousands of beautiful girls and three fat three fat ones. As Fantastic. Three, three fat ones. Oh maybe. come on, that's been on every like strip club marquee for the last twenty right. years. Now, Bruce, um, I had no idea about that. I feel like Travis had no idea about that. But I um, love yeah. Right. So I love these <laughs> fat I, I drive I, down streets. I mean, that's all that I drive down the damn street. You thought you had me, but no. Um, <laughs> just, uh, but the other gimmick that like just that just it's unbelievable. There's a very nice establishment on Wendover down here, and Christie's Cabaret. And last year, driving and Wendover's like one of the big 
drags is where all the car dealerships are. And so um, driving down there, it says, now hiring class of 2015. And I was yeah. like, I was like, that's so low and it's so yeah. brilliant because not only are, you know, not only are they recruiting, but every perv in the, you know, it's going to be like, oh man, they got like the new girls. So yeah. I, I was like, I was just shaking my the head. Ones that that were seven, the ones that were 17 in the last few months. Yep. Right, exactly. So you're just like, oh my God, that's just oh. like, you got to, you got to figure some, some fathers are just like, you know, oiling their guns or something. Oh, like, got to. Yeah. I know. All the push was, possible. Yeah. So. Cassidy, um, in his infinite charm, you know, he leaves the strip club with strippers. Um, yeah, strong quality there. Um, and she says, you found the hardware store. And he sees her, uh, yeah, bye, Cassidy. So, yeah, he's out to the scenic route, as he did. Got you a present. And she's got some drugs for him. And, and he then, goes, yeah. so does that mean we're going steady now? Oh, even scene. better. Yeah. So we're in love. And yo, um, so you knew what was happening, of course, because, you know, you're not stupid, but Bruce, um, so I enjoy, you know, Twitter. I know you don't enjoy Twitter as much, um, but I enjoy Twitter and Vines. I enjoy captioning things that don't have captions. The caption I attached to this was when his stroke game is Travis, very good. He's ta- oh. Travis, he's talking about memes. No. Oh, he's talking about vines, which is basically like a oh, movie. Oh, essentially, yeah, I, I am talking about memes. Um, it's so no. the second movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. I, the, okay. the meme I kind of attached to this was when his stroke game's weak, but he paid for dessert. <laughs> and it's just her face, just. Mm. Yeah, because she's clearly not enjoying what's happening here. Um, but you know, you 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 pay to play, as it were. Um, hey, guess what? Parents are weird. Because they're talking about extra screen time for their son. Now that's a real thing now, because um, I've seen it with kids. You know, screen time. Because you know, kids have iPad, uh, iPod, TV, computer, and that's what you actually limit now. You limit screen time. How long they get to actually look at this stuff? Fascinating thing. Because you can't tell them you can't watch TV right now because they can get everything somewhere else. Um, but yeah, he says use your best judgment, which you know is going to go the wrong way. But again, so they take off, and then the sheriff, who they spoke vague, to previously. Vague, garbage advice. Yeah. That you know, ne- well, not yet. Because it, at this point. you just know it's going in, like, in a spectacularly horrendous fashion. Yeah, for all his good deeds, like, at this point, he's clearly tired for the day. Because <laughs> he didn't put a lot of thought into that one at all. <laughs> Use your best judgments. It's, it's 11 at night, people. Go home, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, you know, of course, first he asks, is this about Dallas? You know, having the flashbacks to what happened with him, Tulip, and Carlos. And he says, so, you know, what's it about? Uh, so we gave you money for your drugs and your whoremongering. And the black beauties. And, of course, they think that Cassidy had the conversation with him. And they are dead-ass serious at this point because they know, um, yeah, that phone stopped ringing, so they're on the hook to do something right now. And yeah, he's, oh, and oh. it shows how gullible and just naive they are that they just completely bought Cassidy's story. Like, oh yeah, preacher needs some drugs. Yep. He needs some money. And <laughs> here's the time. other thing, though. They know how often he's been using the power, too. So yes. they have a connection there. Yes. Uh-huh. And he says, yo, we're from heaven. And he looks at him. He's like, I have a... Yeah. He said, is there another? Is this a joke? <laughs> yeah, he looked at him like, so like, of course... 
And then, you know, this is where, you know, we start to get a bit, a bit of a revelation. Well, we pull out the coffee can first. And which they just look at. And Trissy looks at like, like, what is this? And then, you know, this is to the point where he's, you know, even kind of lacking confidence in the thing that they're saying. I'm like, out of everything I've seen, like, I've never seen that that heard a God fit himself into an old timer. And he's like, he thinks, no, it's not exactly what you got. And so this is, you know, the birth of one of the best tropes, I think, in all these, uh, in all these stories kind of dealing with religion. Demon falls in love with an angel have a baby and it all goes the wrong way and it never seems to quite go right but yeah hey guess what this lets me draw a reference to travis what's that remember that time that human um got pregnant because she was bit by a vampire and they had a hybrid baby no oh bruce i make a blade reference every episode apparently no. and so now i'm doing it consciously and i'm going to do it every time um yeah. Like, I probably watch Blade 2 a couple of times a week if I can. I love Blade 2. Blade's good, too. I don't watch Blade 3 because I'm not a Triple H guy. Um, okay. So, now we have everybody from the, uh, from the, uh, from the Austin company, and as it were, coming in, and King Cannon's meeting with all of them. And he's super enthusiastic. And yeah, you come in, everybody, sit down. Mm-hmm. Brandies are mandatory. Yeah, and of course, like, they're, you know, a guy short. You know, is his office set up differently at this point? Or is it it's about the brighter. same? It's brighter. Uh. It's more, it's more uh, hospitable and doesn't look as dusty and, like, you know. Yeah. We're pouring out some of the expensive stuff. And, you know, we go and hand everybody glasses, which I'm assuming is brandy because those are brandy glasses. Mm-hmm. I think she said, he says it when, when he comes in. The brandies are... Are optional or are, are mandatory. Yeah, he said. King Cannon Meeting Power has finally seen the light. He said, "How was the drive up from Austin?" Oh, burning hot and extra flat. Yeah. All right. He said, "What do you think? Should we wait?" He's like, "It's up to you." So for the second week in a row, like the mayor's just being exposed to things that just shouldn't happen to people. Yo, and that's not even. Can anybody describe this gun? Because it's not just a shotgun. Like no, it's like it's like the it's like the the upgrade, like maybe the first shotgun upgrade on you know in you know random uh, yeah Call of Duty. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like super powerful. You know, eh, it doesn't give you much more range, but it definitely is the kick is way better. Oh, uh, and that's what I, I thought this was. Like it's yeah. definitely uh, you know like one of those. And yo, he's still holding the brandy. He mayor didn't even drop his drink. The mayor, well, he's yeah. built differently. And then yo, shot my man coming through the door. Bullet clearly goes clean through him as he falls. Which he goes, oh, so he didn't hear any of that. You know, as he's yep. in the bathroom in the hall. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, I'm late. It just, yep, it just walks off and continues to go about his business. Yeah. So now you know you got like what thirty. Ticking time bombs in that city now. Yep. In that town. People. And now I'm like, oh, is this? Because you guys said something that you know uh, uh, earlier, like yeah, about the town going up in spectacular fashion or something like that. I'm like, oh yeah, he's like basically setting up, setting the charges. Yeah. (laughs) And placing them all over town, and you know whether it is 
a real or metaphorical explosion like this place is going up. Yep. And, and apparently next episode we have um, a lot of blood, uh, a lot of knives, and a lot of guns. So, you know, here's to that. That'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, business is picking up just a bit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Bruce, we still got you there? Yes. There we go. What did you, um, you know, uh, we talked a bit about the beginning about it so far, but what did you uh, kind of think overall about this week's episode? Um, I still want to get it moving. I mean, I still want something big to happen and Jesse to become more like Jesse, I think, and then some of the threads to come to come together. But, I, I mean, I liked it. I would have liked to. Uh, I also think I'd like to see one really good set violence piece per episode. That yeah. sounds terrible. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think this didn't happen. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm kind of uh, – this one was like – I thought this was not treading water exactly, but it didn't really – push everything towards where I want to see it go. Now, maybe they're going someplace different, too, so that's part of it. So I, I was about to see on this. Okay. Tra- Travis, what did you think as far as it went? I, I thought it was a really good episode. I, I thought uh, last week's was probably the, the, maybe the best one, my favorite one uh, so far, but this was this was kind of right right there. I, I really liked the stuff that, with... Uh, with uh, Danny or whatever, broke, broke, broke arm guy, and his wife. That's just super intriguing, and I think that's going to play a big, big part of something later on. Um, and you know, just preacher being a dumbass. You know, just like and 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 it's like the. It's, See, I'm tired of that. I don't like. It. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, it's the parallels, like that other guy. You know. Ratwater guy, saint of all killers or whatever. He was, you know, kind of an idiot earlier, or in his in his part. So I don't know if they're supposed to. That's supposed they're to mean not. something. Or, oh, okay, so no, no, I'm thinking at least, yeah, yeah. No, I think um, you know, I I enjoyed this one as well. Um, you know, had um, had had a couple of times I actually looked through it, including this time. Um, I'm very curious about you know what the score is going to be. As far as what Tulip has planned, you know, for her and Cassidy on their end, um, like it, to me, it's like I know everybody's saying, you know, I, I want it to happen. To me, it's that roller coaster creeping, creeping, creeping up, getting ready she for don't even drop. That's, um, that's another thing, Cam. I didn't, I forgot to talk about. She's so focused on her revenge and her vengeance. She, she's like, okay, this guy's a, a killer and a vampire, and I can use him for what I need. Again, she didn't stop to think, like, maybe I should get to know this guy before yeah. I go, like, gung-ho headfirst into this, you know, revenge scheme. Exactly. So it's just the decision-making and the, and the, and the motivations. Uh, the motivations, I guess, are solid. It's the decision-making that, that I'm questioning. Just people are just, like, trigger-happy. Like, all right, let's go. Yeah. I'm very curious about, you know, Jesse finally having to sit down with the guys from heaven, you know, about how that's going to play as far as, um, you know, as far as exactly what they're going to tell him and how he's going to respond to the things that he's already done. Because it looks like this next episode, you know, we have a lot of real violence, you know, coming up as far as uh, there's blood everywhere. You see uh, Jesse getting a, a silence pistol pointed, a silence pistol pointed at his head. Um, you know, we're hanging out in uh in what looks like storm drains, you know, so there's there's stuff going on there. But uh yeah, curious to see what uh what happens next week. Um, you know, before we get out of here again, 
Uh, Bruce Mitchell, thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, it's really appreciated. Love your uh, your insight on the show. Anytime you have time, you're definitely welcome back to uh, you know spend uh, an hour or two or three with us uh, discussing preacher. <laughs> no, I, this was really cool, and, and as you can kind of tell, I'm fascinated by preacher. So it's um, I, w- I was really happy to hear you guys pick this, and we'll see how it comes. I think this show needs to go like seven years. I mean, I think they need to just keep keep rolling. So it's going to take through. more than two. Right. There's a lot to play through, yeah. So, All right. Well, this has been the uh, South Congress Podcast Fan by Fan Show for AMC's Preacher. Uh, episode, this is episode five, so we're halfway through this uh, first season, as a matter of fact. But, again, wow. the good news is that we're getting another one. Um, again, uh, episode five, South Will Rise Again. For uh, Bruce Mitchell, I'm Cameron. Uh, here with Travis, and we're out. And I ain't wrong, break I ain't saying you should say no, I'm saying take it. You got a mask to your high, open your eyes, see this bass and this fly. I think I'm Malcolm Middle, I think I'm Du Bois, think I'm Vonnegut. I'm the new Floyd, think I am the leader, leader of the people. God damn, I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero. I'm a black superhero. Oh,